0: it going everybody welcome to the show it is time for break the business where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way i'm ryan corella and it is a pleasure to have you here this week it is our final show of this lovely month of february that we've had and oh what a february it has been break the business viewers and listeners we have brought you so many goodies this month we brought you harvard law professors kickstarter masters music tech entrepreneurs just an embarrassment of riches of amazing guests experts just telling you how to move your careers forward and it has been our pleasure to do it for you we love that you hang out with us every week and the guests are going to continue to roll through uh this show as well Our guest this week, one of my favorite people in this business we call entertainment. I am thrilled that she's joining us later in the show. Cassandra Kabinsky is going to be joining us. Let me tell you what I like about her. Whatever I want to talk about in terms of artist empowerment and helping you move your career forward, Cassandra Kabinsky's got something to say on it. You want to learn how to get your music placed in movies and TV shows? Cassandra's got you covered. She's gotten her music placed in a lot of great things. You want to learn how to combine your music and your art with social causes. Cassandra's done that with so many amazing causes. We can talk to her about that. You thinking you want to get into acting and learn how to spread your wings? Well, she's an accomplished actress. She's been in a lot of movies and video games, TV shows. She's wonderful, wonderful. And on top of all of that, if that wasn't enough, she's just such a damn nice person. And you're just going to love hearing from her. Oh, and by the way, she's going to play a song for us on this show. So if there was ever a reason to stick around and it wasn't just for me stick around for cassandra because she is just going to make you smile she's going to make just light up your life and just make the next hour terrific here on break the business so don't go anywhere for that speaking of people who make me smile every time i see them producer lauren how are you doing
1: i'm doing pretty well how are you doing
0: doing so so well as if like my my uh Ode to Cassandra Kabinsky alone didn't let you know how good of a mood I was in that she's here. I'm in a great mood, and I want to talk to you, Lauren, before we get into the show. We got lots of things to talk about, right? We got the AI Overlords Tip of the Week. We got some great music and entertainment industry news to go over. But before all of that, I want to talk about something that I wanted to actually discuss with you last week, Lauren. And we didn't have time. I didn't. We didn't get into it, and that was a big bummer on my part because I've been thinking about it ever since you brought it up. Before last week's show, you had casually mentioned to me that in addition to like everything else you do producing this show and being like an accomplished entertainment industry professional touring all over the world and all that stuff. You're also kind of a hero that's like saving the community, like just a a hero walking among us on this radio show. Did I hear this right? Like you're you're am I wrong when I say like you're you're a legit hero? No,
1: no. But I, yeah, Um, (laughs) no, I just, yeah, you know me, I'm a, I'm a workaholic. Am I I
0: wrong when I say that when disaster (laughs) strikes, they call upon you to provide aid?
1: Fair enough, it does happen. Uh, I, I do not speak on behalf of the organizations from which I volunteer, but I do like volunteering and I do like helping whenever is needed, and I've. uh, recently been assigned to the Disaster Action Team, I think it's called DAT, with the American Red Cross. sounds like a group of
0: superheroes.
1: (laughs) It does, right? And you too can help. Your local branches, I'm sure, are also looking for volunteers. Um, But the American Red Cross is an amazing organization and they do stuff all over the world, really. And um, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things that you can do in your communities. And so though I'm not speaking on their behalf, I do highly recommend uh, finding them and working with them. I'm usually not a big, big organization person. Like I like helping one-on-one locally in my community, Um, but they're really kind of awesome.
0: And you were telling us that the way this works is some kind of disaster type issue happens and you'll just get like something on your phone, like Batman's bat signal. (sighs) and you just have to get and you just spring into action you go where you're needed
1: spring Into action. could yeah.
0: could you actually get like a message in the middle of this show and you're just gonna leave us
1: i wouldn't leave you but they did i mean you they did you, give me a call like right before the last show and i was like call around and if you can't find anybody else call me back i mean but... you, you
0: say you won't <laughs> leave us if you get the call but you kind of should
1: if they call I mean, me to and save said, somebody's like, they life oh no okay for the record i'm not saving anybody's life like if there's a fire and a house is burning down they use the first responders for that i kind of feel like a second responder A
0: second responder <laughs> <laughs> where's like, our calendar
1: <laughs> i yeah i think that um that that it's more of a uh, a person to person thing like there are people dealing with the tragedy and a lot of the time you'll see the individuals kind of wandering around going but i don't know what to do next and uh the red cross does help quite a bit with helping people navigate anything really like people just get very 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 thrown off when disaster hits and really don't know what to do next and so any kind of help that that they can give is really kind of cool they're they're an organization that uh, does a lot of work to help the people, the individuals that actually need the help.
0: Well, you sound, that sounds legitimately heroic for me. And it also <laughs> sounds like something, a role with uh, in which you're particularly well-suited. I mean, you, you are, for, for my whole life, when I'm wandering through the wilderness, you're like the person that is there with like the hot cup of cocoa and the blanket. So it yeah. makes perfect sense. You do that for creators all the time. So you should be doing that for the Red Cross. There yes. you go. You're going to get the highest honor in podcasting, the cartoon party I horn sound woo. effect. Yay. All right. <laughs> Um well, th- that as as if I didn't need any more reasons to smile, <laughs> uh, just hearing what you're doing there is super inspiring. Let us now pay homage to our chat GPT uh, <laughs> uh overlords with the AI Overlords tip of the week. AI We have asked the overlords. You love that piece at the end, the little guitar. I do, I do.
1: Shout out to Luis Gonzalez, who wrote that for us. Yeah. Who said, if you need any jingles, just reach out.
0: That's my second favorite part of the AI overlords jingle is the... My number one favorite part of that jingle is the one set of vocals where... It's just really, really high and screaming. Like you can't hear it because it's not the. It's, you can't hear it like the strongest because it's not like the lead vocal. But there's one person in the background just going.
1: There's a I really love low one too. Like where he's just. Is like, there a low hey, one? I of the week. Yeah, if you listen, there's like a full <laughs> range, and it was all the one person. Like he just sat there and recorded 14 million voices for himself.
0: It's fabulous. It entertained fabulous. the heck out of me. And two weeks ago, it got the seal of approval of Harvard Law Professor Alan Jenkins. How cool is that? What what more do you need? That's the second highest praise you can get on this show. The highest praise, of course, is the cartoon party horn. So here is our tip of the week from our AI overlords. It's about money. The tip is manage your finances carefully as an independent creator to ensure the long-term sustainability of your business start by setting a budget and tracking your income and expenses. So you have a clear picture of your financial situation. Make sure to keep your personal and business finances separate to avoid confusion and to simplify your tax filing. Consider setting up an emergency fund to cover unexpected expenses or fluctuations in income. When it comes to pricing your products or services, be sure to factor in all of your costs and set a price that reflects the value you provide. Finally, don't forget to plan for the future and invest in your business by setting aside money for growth opportunities or professional development. With careful money management, you can ensure the financial stability of your independent creative business and achieve your long-term goals. Another banger piece of advice from our AI overlords. One of the pieces like in it. there that I think is particularly worthy of attention right now. It's certainly on the top of my mind as we get to, you know, as we get closer to uh, April 15th is about taxes and yes. how important it is to separate your expenses I often will tell independent creators when it becomes uh, feasible enough for you to do it create a separate entertainment company and give it a separate bank account and yes. everything that you spend for your business spend out of that bank account and all the money that you make in your business make sure it goes into that bank account and keep that bank account separate from your personal account because that will make tax time so much easier because you don't have to go through all your bank statements you just go through the bank statements of your entertainment company you find what you spent you found what you make and it makes your life easier and if you have an accountant it makes their life easier too
1: ditto with credit cards
0: Mm. I always
1: recommend getting a business credit card because at the end of the year, they itemize things for you and categorize them for you. And you don't go, oh, wait, what did I, was that for me? Was that a, a guitar I purchased? Like it all goes into one place where you can find it all really easily. And I like that.
0: And a lot of them come with points and things like that too, that you can use for different Bonus. things in your career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if and, you're uh,
0: traveling, the idea of like getting frequent flyer miles can be helpful if you're one of those musicians that travel and going on tour.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, now we feel like we're doing credit card commercials. Be like, look up the pros and cons <laughs> Chase of Chase Sapphire. Of Sometimes you can get a, a bonus just for signing up. Um, yeah, true, and the other thing, if you've got a business account where all of the money for your business is going in, pay yourself. So you can pay yourself out of your business account and go into your personal account so that you're not spending personal money in and out of the business account. And so that you have a record of that and now if your business is hiring you as a person working for that business, that also helps you get things like your W-2 from the company you're working for. Which, uh, again, makes your life easier at tax time.
0: Yep. You can set up an S-Corp and hire yourself as an employee, Mm -hmm. pay yourself a regular salary, Mm -hmm. and that can help you avoid some self-employment taxes, allow you to deduct that salary. That being said, it is a slightly complicated maneuver. So uh, make sure you have an accountant (laughs) shepherding you, a sherpa in you on that journey. Uh, To make sure you don't mess that up. But yeah, a lot of creators can benefit from that kind of structure. So, you know, that's just one of the ways that effective money management can really set you up for uh, success as a creator. And it does uh, actually remind me of our guest, uh, Cassandra Kabinsky, whose latest single is titled Money Mantra that she did with Olivia Kay. And that whole song is about how artists can develop a healthy relationship with money and and find that money can be fun and enriching and a little sexy. And so, uh, love to get her perspective on money management. (laughs) That's just true. I mean, it's the first thing I thought of.
1: I've got this connection for you right here.
0: here's what I mean though like when I say when for I say sure. at the top of the show whatever topic I want to talk about in indie creation I know that Cassandra kabinsky's got some info for us you yeah. want to get sync placements talk to Cassandra you want advice on money management talk to Cassandra you want to get into acting talk to her like she's got she's got just so much knowledge so much experience and she's so kind in that she'll share all of it with you
1: Now, how did the AI overlord know that we were bringing on somebody who was going to talk about money mantra?
0: Oh, I don't even joke anymore about how the AI overlord knows what we're talking about each week. Like that, the (laughs) fact that the AI overlord is in our heads now and like knows what we're doing and what we're thinking, that's old news. We've already accepted that (laughs) fact. That doesn't even surprise or scare me anymore.
1: Uh, it still surprises and scares me. I, I feel the need to like continually be aware of it so that I can't go. Well, I didn't see it coming.
0: <laughs> no, right. I see it coming. <laughs> oh. So I was looking, Lauren, at um something, uh, some news out of Facebook that Uh-oh, that's I thought where you're getting was your news. That's <laughs> <laughs> well. You know, it's funny with these social media companies. Whenever one of them does something, you know the other one's going to do it a little bit later, and they're just kind of waiting for one of the two companies to sort of take the plunge. And I know, for example, that all of these social media platforms they want to be able to charge their users for premium service. Like all right now, all of everything, right? All those platforms are free, right? And they're looking for ways to kind of turn their users into revenue streams, and. For a long time Twitter was purely free Facebook meta Instagram purely free and then uh, recently Twitter announced that they were going to allow people to pay for verification this uh, Twitter blue where you could pay every month and the blue you get the blue check which used to just be reserved for the celebrities and public figures now anybody can get a blue check and you can pay for that and you know everybody got outraged but Facebook was like oh good Twitter did it and now we can do it and now we're not the jerks that did it first so Facebook or meta just announced that Facebook and Instagram are going to add their own paid verification system that is similar to the Twitter blue check mark the price points a little steep I was surprised at this 11.99 a month or 14.99 a month if purchased on mobile and so it this is a significant expense but Meta has suggested that this might be something that is valuable for particularly indie creators to look into once it becomes widely available, uh, because the meta verified program, which is what they're calling it, has a few benefits. One, because you have this verification, which is going to have a very strict uh, verification mechanism behind it. The, uh, you know, like you're going to have to show your driver's license. You have to confirm that it's you. And once you've set that up, you get additional protection against hacking. It's harder for somebody to hack into your account. If somebody does hack into your account, it's easier for Facebook to verify that it's not you because they know who you are. Uh, Facebook's going to give you dedicated customer support. So if you're having an issue with your account, rather than the current state of affairs where you message Facebook and nothing happens, uh, now you'll actually get a support representative who's going to be able to help you sort out your account issue. And here's perhaps the biggest potential value add that Meta is saying is going to be big for creators. The creators who participate in Meta Verified are supposed to get increased visibility and reach on the platform. Mm. So you are paying for more people to see your posts, more people to see your content. And I'm sure a lot of creators out there would love that, especially because there's been some rumors that in the last couple of years, Facebook has kind of depressed the amount of People who see your posts. And so this might be a way to kind of boost them back up. But I think a lot of creators are also like, well, this used to be free. Now you're making now you're paying me to get to my audience. It's a, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how I'm creators respond to this.
1: Paying you to make money on me. Like it was bad enough when you were making money on me and not paying me, but now <laughs> I'm paying you to make money on me. Like I don't know. And it's like you're charging <laughs> you're charging more and actually devaluing things. So like you say, like it used to only be famous people who got that verification and now you're going, well, it's just anybody with money. And now we're getting back to the like, well, as long as you have money, then we'll pay attention to you. Then we'll give you attention. Then we'll get you an audience. It's like pay to play. Like I, yeah. I don't love it. Yeah. I mean, I I see it coming, and it's it's not that it, you know, they don't charge for everything anyway, but, like, it doesn't feel like it's benefiting the artists.
0: And it's, you know, it's also one of those things where if all the artists get it, or if a lot of artists get it, then it's not really an advantage anymore, right? Well,
1: and besides that, let's go with the people who have the money and can afford to pay for this kind of a service. We're already getting more exposure than somebody who is not That's able right. to pay these things. So now you're going, well, you could pay to get more exposure. Yeah. Or I could disappear more into the ethers because other people are paying to get seen ahead of me. Like it's, I, I, don't, wanna, I don't know.
0: It's an interesting shift in approach for Facebook. And maybe I'm naive, but I never thought in my lifetime Facebook would ever charge one of its users to use the platform like Facebook's remember when I you know I was one of the Facebook early adopters when I was in college and their slogan for the longest time was Facebook is free and it always will be they put that right on the home page for you to see and I never thought that this day would come because and, and not because I was naive but I just knew it wasn't Facebook's business model Facebook's business model is the reason why it's free for the users is because you're not the customer you're right. the product. Right. You, know, you are you are creating things, you are on the platform so that Facebook can sell you to advertisers and put you in front of advertisers. So now if we're shifting the model to say that the users are now also are, are not just the product, but they're the customer, we're going to we're going to start treating them like customers right. and we're going to start charging them like customers. Right. That is a huge shift from the Facebook that, you know, we grew up with in the mid 2000s. And
1: how different is that than basically paying as an advertiser like i'm paying you to advertise what it is i'm posting yeah because i'm showing because i'm paying for it i mean they've had this verification thing where you have to you can get uh verified by sending in your oh god it's so complicated you're Uh, driver's license and then they mail something to your house and then after they mail it to your house you have to put in the code that then gives them like it's a three-step process it was for me to get verified on something and they had that so them charging for it now seems greedy (laughs) (laughs) dare I say it yeah I I didn't know you were gonna talk about that but I I feel like it's not helping the everyman, and platforms like Facebook were designed for the everyman. Like it was designed, like you said, a place that everybody could go and everybody could do it. And the more that they're going, well, if you can afford, I mean, like $13, $15 a month is a lot. Like That's you pay a significant less than that. expense. You pay less than that for like streaming these services and these. Uh, Yeah, this is
0: this is not a inconsiderable amount. It would put a dent in a lot of creators' budgets. Here's the thing that I think is kind of funny about it is I am surprised that Facebook had the opportunity to see Twitter roll out their version of paid verification, see it get universally reviled by Twitter's user base. Everybody hated this. Elon got so much guff for it by Twitter's you know, user base. The people who pay for verification on Twitter almost immediately get mocked. Every time somebody with paid verification uh, tweets, anything like even in a response to a tweet, people just immediately replied, hey, look at the idiot who just paid for Twitter. And it's just <laughs> it's vicious. And so Facebook looked at all of that, saw that wasteland and just went, Oh, yeah, we got to do that, too.
1: Okay, but like (laughs) if I if I looked and I went, you know, they're really struggling. You know, I I see the things on Wikipedia all the time where you're like, look, they're trying to find a way to keep themselves open. Look, they're they're really suffering. And if they don't start charging, they won't be able to stay alive. And that is not the case here. Like this isn't a company going, if we don't figure out a way to start charging, we can't stay open. Like this is just greedy.
0: Well, and this is a company that's already made clear in their recent strategic moves that Facebook, the Facebook product is not the future of that company. Like they changed their name to meta and their future, at least what they're making a bet on is the metaverse. It's VR, it's headsets, it's Quest. And Facebook is just you know the the legacy product so they're not even making a bet on Facebook being the future of this company and yet they're trying to squeeze a little more profit out of it in the short term and as much as we can critique it and hate on it we may be in a situation even on this program where we may feel like we have to get this service to be able to keep up and make sure that our posts reach the people we want it to reach. We want to reach on facebook and that's a depressing thought but we may have no choice
1: but we don't have to be happy about it that's right.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> we certainly won't be
1: fair i you know i keep going well if i want to complain i might as well open my own platform because you know it's it's easy for me to sit on this side and go well i don't think you should well it's not my place to decide but it it, it does feel like there are so many people loyal to these companies and these platforms, the TikToks and the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the everything, that like the creators are showing loyalty. The creators are showing their commitment to these companies and these companies over and over again are going, thanks. I mean, like we don't share it, but thanks. And uh, <laughs> and sometimes they're not even going, thanks. They're going, wow, we got these guys snuckered. Let's do it again. Like they're already hooked. and. I don't see the loyalty going both ways. Like, where's the reward system? You post X amount of times a month and we're gonna give you a boost. After you've posted for a year straight, more than three times a week, we'll verify you. Like, no, they're not rewarding consistency and loyalty. They're they're charging more for it. I don't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it it reminds me of, And the reason why this happens, like when we say, why do these tech firms get greedy? Why is whatever they have, why is the current growth that they have not enough? And I remember when we had Bill Bolden on the show, our resident uh, technology expert and startup expert, we asked Bill, why are companies like this? Why why don't they look at their existing profitability and go, all right, we're good with this? And uh, what they told us was. That's just not the way these, these companies view it. It's like the investors don't just demand profitability. They demand growth and you always have to keep growing. You can't just stay where you are at your current level of profitability and, you know, just go from there. Like they always want to see three X, eight X growth over and over year over year consistently. And even though that's not sustainable. So a company like Facebook, you know, which was having like, you know, exponential growth for the last 20 years is now starting to become a mature company and the investors don't want that they're like no we want the same growth that we saw in 2012 right. and so this is where you really want to you know we demand you continue to squeeze your customers now you have to do the the really difficult slimy things to get those extra dollars start charging your users uh, a platform that they had for free start uh, charging big big numbers and and it's uh <laughs> it's a, so it's, a sad prospect. It's,
1: it's not greedy customers it's greedy investors
0: i mean the market uh, has a has an expectation yeah
1: well and it's it's rough because yeah you want your money to make money and you invest in something and when that investment isn't bringing in enough profit you take that money and put it somewhere else and so you've got boards and people that are going yeah but we need to keep bringing in money and it's just a it's a scary thought you know we're not creating things for each other and to help each other we're we're working for the people with money who want to make money off of us and that's kind of the american way
0: (laughs) it's it's a scary thought because it is a system that indie creators are living in right now we depend on these tech platforms and all of these tech platforms play by the rule of if we can completely screw over indie creators to make a you know Percentage point bump in the stock price that is in the short term to meet our quarterly earnings target We're always going to do that which is why time and time again We see these tech platforms make decisions that just seem to really screw over indie artists and indie artists depend on these Platforms to keep their careers going. It's a it's frightening prospect Well,
1: okay, so it's interesting to me because I think about that and I think that well That's the case with all investors right when you invest in something you expect to make money off of it or at least you hope to and then i think about broadway where (laughs) uh where three out of the what is it like one out of every five shows actually makes a profit and the people who invest in broadway sure they hope their show makes money and sure they hope their show is a success but they invest in broadway because they want the art form to continue because they believe in the art form because they want to see art created because that's one of those investments where you're not going oh well this is a guaranteed winner or this is how I'm going to make my money this is I have money and I want to support the artists who are making things I believe in and I don't see that in the uh, in the entertainment platforms from the tech sector like where are the investors that go i've got a lot of money and i want to create something where i get to see people create what i want to see created and it's about putting your money into it i don't know why that hasn't kind of rolled over at all anywhere
0: well the certainly the investment expectations for big tech are going to be wildly different than the investment expectations for broadway like the broadway investors often be you know often are Coming into a Broadway investment having made money somewhere else, often in big tech. And then this is their labor of love. Like it's just as much patronage as it is an investment. Like I want to be the one that helps revive 42nd Street. And that alone is enough for me, even if the thing doesn't make me a lot of money. And those, you know, people don't have those same investment expectations in tech. If you're investing in tech, it's because you want 10X growth
1: right but why right so what's the difference really like if it's on a stage or on a virtual stage like why can't we find the same investors who are willing to care in the physical world and in the virtual world like i i guess i just don't theoretically it should be there like the people with money in theory still care about something and if they understand the tech world if you've got musicians who went from gosh this is annoying to now I'm making millions of dollars why can't or aren't they getting together and going you know what I want to create a platform where I can watch people create and make things that I'm not going to be guaranteed to make money off of let's just see what happens it might make me money great but I'm not doing this for the money I'm doing this for the love why don't we have more passion projects in the tech sector of entertainment availability?
0: Yeah. We see that, but not in traditional investments in tech companies. Where we see it is more in the crowdfunding space. Right. And whether it's equity crowdfunding, which we're starting to see more of, where you can like you know, crowdfund actual investments from people similar to what they do with Broadway these days. Or it's just people wanting to contribute to an artist Kickstarter or Patreon, not because they are looking for a return, but because they want to be a part of somebody's art, right? And and to uh, be part of that, and you know that. And there are some who are betting on that being the thing that saves this industry, like it's getting you know yeah. k- Kickstarter and Patreon. Um, anyway, I, I believe
1: you know, in the people. I I do. I hope I believe in the people. Well, but, but yep. that's because as
0: we previously established, you know, you're you're a hero walking <laughs> I'm a among us heart. who uh, <laughs> who when the Red Cross says drop everything because we need you to like be there for somebody who is suffering, you immediately drop everything you're doing. But, you know,
1: I, we need a You happier need to be protected. Turn. You're a good heart. Can we turn to something happier? I I need I need Cassandra to bring joy into my life or something and I- <laughs>
0: she often does that for me so let us take a break we'll come back with Cassandra Kubinski here on break the business Ryan Corella here I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it I do what I do because I care about creators like you a lot I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals entrepreneurs and organizations move forward I do it by hosting this program and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida.
1: Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including Audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit LEKentertainment.com. LEK Entertainment wants to help you bring your
0: story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan KAIR, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. Ryan Carella here with producer Lauren. And we're just so, so overjoyed to have you joining us wherever you're joining us, whether it's on all the major podcast platforms or on the live streaming platforms or on Sirius XM 145, much love to slam radio, wherever you're checking us out. We are so, so thrilled to have you and it is a joy to serve you with this great content week after week. Let's go ahead and bring out our guest. I'm excited to chat with her, Lauren. She's one of my favorite people. She's an award-winning singer-songwriter, jingle artist, and actress. Her latest single, Money Mantra with Olivia Kaye, is available now. And you can follow her at Cassandra Kabinski on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We are happy to welcome our friend, Cassandra Kabinski on Break the Business. Hi, Cassandra.
2: Hi, everybody. How's everyone doing?
0: doing so well man that setup you got there cassandra is just 10 out of 10. you got the tasteful plant there you got the you got the (laughs) piano you got the hands-free microphone just and yes your your mic quality (laughs) chef's kiss
2: thank you i mean you know listen during the pandemic right we all had to figure out how to get our production value high from home so i appreciate it you know for anybody watching on the live stream in in real time or uh, you know in replay I've been at this little setup it's just a little corner of my office if you could see it's nothing like super fancy but um, but thank you I do enjoy my twinkle lights and my um, magical plant over here
0: <laughs> it's a bl- I like oh I didn't, it it's reckon- I didn't even see the plant. twinkle lights at first you did? that's great yeah, right?
2: right. I mean there it is twinkle I'd really love to have, like more twinkle lights so I've I've been wanting to change up this setup for um, a little while now. So you never know. Next time I'm here, I might have like a red curtain or like something like that behind Ooh. me. I'd
1: yeah.
2: take red curtain. I'd avoid like a whole lot of twinkle lights. So you might just get like reflection of light. Right. That might be a bit much. But I was a, a theater kid, you know, so a red Ooh. curtain always sort of feels like home. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I usually have one behind me and I don't today. I'm in a black void. Yes, because I I like you're in a black the box cu- theater. I like, it. I like it.
0: There you go. <laughs> yeah so cassandra in the first segment we had an evil robot give us some advice about how indie creators can build a healthy relationship with money talked about Mm -hmm. how it's important to build an emergency fund to separate your business and personal expenses come tax time the ai overlord had lots of great advice for us and i know that Helping artists build a good relationship with money is something that you care about a lot, too. Uh, It was sort of the inspiration behind your latest single money mantra that you did with Olivia Kay recently. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came together and how you wanted to spread the message to others of just uh, getting better with money and having a better relationship with it?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, like you mentioned, my latest single... Uh, It's called Money Mantra. It's a collaboration with my girl, Olivia Kay, who is a really seriously amazing, um, badass, Brooklyn-based artist. And, um, you know, the two of us met in a course. And um, in this course, which was called Truth School, um, we were simultaneously up-leveling our um, energetics around our, our careers, our money, relationships, all kind of, um, you know, really like energetic work, and then also bringing in um, practical and logistical up-leveling for our independent entrepreneurial careers. So at some point during this course, she and I were just making up this little jam like on the Zoom, right? Because like everything happened during, on Zoom during the pandemic. And, and somebody made up this hook, money in the morning, money in my sleep. I'm a money magnet, it can't resist me. And it was like, what, what? So this kind of like did nothing for uh, a couple years. And then we picked it back up thanks to our, our friend, Lissa, who was also in this course. And we fleshed it out into a whole song this last uh, fall, which just dropped actually, uh, like about a week ago. So money mantra, check it out. Um, anyway, as far as like, how does it help artists up level or how does it help um, people kind of up level their money consciousness. What Olivia and I talked a lot about was how we can tend to get really tense and tight around the topic of money and um, for both she and I, you know, not necessarily everybody kind of comes from this um, perspective or frame of mind, but both of us feel really strongly that um, the attitude and the energy you bring to a thing uh, or to an area of your life really influences and maybe even really strongly dictates the results that you get in that area of your life. So we are like, you know, if people are out there feeling really um, resentful of money, um, tense about money, um, you know, just kind of angry in general in their money life, then, then there isn't really the opportunity for money to flow to you. The way I think about it is like, we're all in relationship with money the way we're in relationship with each other. So, you know, if, if, If you're out there and I'm thinking ill of you, or I'm thinking like that guy never calls me, or that guy never does anything for me, um, you know, and that's kind of like the energy that I'm putting out there in our relationship, can I really expect you to like love up on me, you know, if that's kind of what I'm putting out there? So that's kind of like, the way we feel about money too. is like, if you're out there going like, oh, like it's, you know, it's a bad situation. Like money never does anything for me. And there's never enough. That's kind of like what you perpetuate and create. Um So long intro, just to say money mantra is uh it's a real jam. It's kind of an indie pop, lo-fi, hip hop infused jam. Um, it's like a bunch of just swaggy, money mantras in a row that you can like put on you like wake up in the morning you're like today i just want to like feel good about my money situation like i want to feel confidence like hit that hit that play button and just like off you go and we're, we're calling it kind of like a you know a three minute uh chiropractic adjustment on your money consciousness
0: <laughs> i i love that
2: i need that <laughs>
0: <laughs> and to me Uh, Money Mantra is just one example of something that I think you do really well and is kind of a centerpiece of the way that you approach your art, which is you're always looking for a partnership opportunity, whether it is partnering with another creator, which you've done a lot and you do very well, or partnering with businesses or nonprofits. You're always looking for how can I bring somebody else in on this art or something else in on this artistic project? to help get the most out of it and to help expand its reach and to help do some good along the way. Can you talk about like when you sort of made the decision in your career that that was going to, how you, that was going to be how you approached art?
2: Yeah, sure. It's a great question. So I think it's always been there for me a little bit. Um, As far as really looking to make a difference in the kind of service and community component of creating music, um, my best memories in music and in entertainment always involve being a part of a group, whether that was doing musical theater and being a part of a cast as a kid and a teenager, um, being a part of an incredible uh, chorus that I was was in in high school that was like hundreds of kids in our town. and then, you know, carrying on into my music industry life, I found that when I became a singer songwriter, um, I and I I was starting out in the beginning of the DIY era, so I really bought into this mythology of DIY. Uh, to be honest, I don't anymore. I call it DIT, do it together, because I don't think you yeah. do anything yourself. You know, we don't make huge things happen in the world, and we don't affect change. Ourselves, we always are in relationship um, and partnership with um, with various people, right? So I think where I really started to apply it actively in my career, um, without getting you know way down down the the rabbit hole of memories, was just suffice it to say that um, I spent a long time in that very DIY, very like little red hen, I'm gonna do everything kind of phase. And really got burnt out and like almost kind of didn't want to be making music and making songs anymore and i took a i took a big step back took a break um and when i came back around to how much i loved songwriting how much i loved making music and and how much i absolutely couldn't not do it like i had to keep doing it um i think that was about the time that i started really looking at well what are what are some of the factors that have made my favorite projects my favorites like why were they my favorites and one of the themes that kept occurring to me was like these partnerships these collaborations these spaces where i found myself working with other creatives um and so i started to really build that actively into my process um and so since then i as you mentioned i um, i've done that on um uh, gosh i mean dozens of of songs and or music videos and or concerts, um, I, I almost don't do like anything, you know, as a as a solo artist anymore, or at least I don't perceive it that way anymore. I feel like, you know, even if it's my song, um, and the song is coming out like just under my name, that I really look to create some type of a partnership in the launch show or in the uh, music video. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that's, you know, that's kind of when I started.
0: What usually comes first, the collaboration or the content? Do you create the content and go, oh, I I have uh, an organization that I think I could combine this work with to help get it out there, or I have an idea for a song and I know who I can partner with, or do you find the person or organization that you want to work with and say, let's start building something together from a blank sheet of paper?
2: It's mostly been the content first for me, um, and I often create. A song and then already know you know because once i've created a song i know where it comes from emotionally i know what it's about so you know two kind of charitable partnerships that i set up one was with the autism world for a song called not so different one was for kind of the pet rescue world around a song called you get me and so when i had written both of those songs i knew what was driving them i knew you know, so the song was really about a certain thing. And then it was sort of easy to go out and look for partners that matched and that would resonate theoretically with um, the message and potentially benefit, you know, from being associated with the song and vice versa. So I would say primarily it's the content first and then reaching out to a possibly aligned collaborator.
0: I love that. Lauren, when we when we talk about the launch of a Of of any kind of piece of content, Lauren, there's always sort of the steps that you're going to take in your launch process, right? Like, how are we promoting this? Uh, You know, what channels are we using? Uh, How, if it's a piece of music, how am I distributing it? Uh, What's the budget for uh, promotion, distribution, all that stuff. And what Cassandra is uh, suggesting, at least from what I'm hearing, is one of the steps in that launch process is going to be who's the partner with, who what organization what person what group is going to be part of this song's next step and be part of that song's future so that that song can not only have a wider reach but that song can help somebody along the way or in cassandra's case help really really good causes i mean that's that's so cool to me i like the idea of of every artist uh thinking about not just the what of their promotion or or their post you know creation process but the who who am i partnering with as i create this work that's so cool to me
1: for both reasons too she's like you know who can i bring in that will help my project benefit and who will help me creatively get to where i'd like to go and like you said helping other artists is how all these artists survive like we need people to think of us too and go hey i'd love for you to help with this so I appreciate that you do that Cassandra. Reaching out to other artists helps everybody.
0: Now, Cassandra, does has the pandemic made that harder because everybody sort of is staying home and not traveling and interacting as much? And if so, do you have any advice for artists on how they can kind of bridge that distance that, you know, the pandemic and, you know, lockdown and post-lockdown has created for us?
2: I don't find it made it more difficult. In fact, I think it made it easier in certain cases. Really? Because certain partners, yeah, I mean, certain partners you would never have been able to get when they were busy, busy, busy running around doing physical things suddenly were just like you. They were grounded. They were home. Um, So, you know, and they wanted to remain vital and they wanted to remain feeling connected and creative and we were all navigating you know, wherever we were in that space. So, you know, one of the partnerships, uh, and I formed multiple during the pandemic, but one of them was for my last single Burn It Down. Um, so I had a lot of sync licensing placements on a TV show called Dance Moms, which is on Lifetime, was on Lifetime. And um, so during the pandemic, um, I don't know, I was just in another space of like, what am I What am I creating? Like, how do I personally stay creative and connected? And um, with Burn It Down, I had reached out to um, a few of the dancers on Dance Moms who I just thought were great. Like, just, I just really thought they're. Um, Their art form moved me and one of the people that I reached out to Hannah Grace Colon, did respond and so we we got into this dialogue I sent her a few different songs options you know we were like what are we going to do together ultimately we created this music video for burn it down where um, she dances in it and it's it's this really dark theatrical artful piece uh, we shot at the triad theater in Manhattan, where um, I am performing on the piano, which is what I do. And she is dancing. And she kind of represents the fire um, in in the metaphor of burn it down. You'll have to go see the music video if you want to like see, you know, how it all shakes out. But that entire collaboration, that entire partnership was established ideated worked through you know and finally actually happened um and that music video came out last summer so you know that's an example of something where um you know I, i don't feel that the pandemic really got in the way of that it probably facilitated that happening
0: actually because people are craving those partnerships and connections now more than ever. And we've all gotten a lot better, frankly, against our will, at <laughs> communicating over, say, video conference and, you know, taking our once audio podcasts and turning them into live streams.
1: Yeah. The technology moved quickly, too, right? Like, uh, right. all of a sudden, you had platforms where you could collaborate mm-hmm. musically. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think them.
2: they were there before. They just weren't being as widely used and it's it's a uh, i think fully accepted now um another thing that i've found with creative partnerships was that there was more kind of openness to collaborating with people that number one that you just didn't know at all but you just generally liked their vibe and their art so like if someone reached out Um, I did, I did two partnerships actually with two different yoga music creators, DJ Taz Rashid, who's an absolutely amazing, uh, DJ and producer who works very often in the yoga and kind of like, um, yoga event and festival space as a live DJ, um, and also constantly putting out music. So we did a remix of my song Stardust, um, and we just met in LA, like two weeks ago for the first time after creating that three years ago you know so um the fact that he was amenable to doing that um was really cool even though you know we were not going to be seeing each other in person in the pandemic um and another yoga creator musician that i worked with songs of eden who's in sweden we have never met we've had many a WhatsApp call and, you know, a Zoom, and, and I I really think of him as a friend, you know? I mean, I think of him not only as a collaborator on the song, now is the time that we worked on together. Um, but yeah, I think, so I don't know, for me, I feel like collaboratively now, these partnerships are are driven primarily by energy and vibe, and then, you know, secondarily, of course we're we're assessing and kind of looking at hey like what can what can you get out of this from me? What can I get out of this from you? How can we amplify this to do good for others as well as you mentioned um you know those are always those are important things in the space, you know, I don't think that anybody is um purely altruistic in these in these pursuits I think like of course we're looking at like how can we advance whatever um, desire and dream that we have to have our, our music or our message or whatever to be heard further and wider um, but there's always a way if, if you want if you want multiple outcomes if you want to win and you want them to win and you want the greater audience to win there is a way to create it so that all of those outcomes are fulfilled.
0: And you've done it time and time again. And it, thankfully, in your case, like the person, the organizations that you're helping winning are also like really good causes. So it's like, so like you're, you're winning, the audience is winning, and also we're raising autism awareness or we're getting puppies adopted. And so, I mean, that must make <laughs> you feel really good. And I mean, you're the, the song One Million Hearts, which I would love for you to play uh, uh, in just a bit here, is another great example of that. Can you tell us a little bit about how that song came together?
2: Sure. I mean, One Million Hearts actually uh, was another song that I wrote kind of in early in the pandemic, uh, having a moment of, you know, do I matter? Does my voice matter? Does this art matter? You know, I have um, so many friends and and loving fans and, uh, and industry people and just so many people that um, have been kind to me and good to me over the course of my career. And yet, this dream I have of, a, you know, a hit song of really moving millions of hearts, um, consistently, you know, not just sort of like as a fluke, because hey, I got a sync placement, but like really building and leading a community of of millions of hearts um, with my songs that has it just felt like it hadn't happened. Um, and so the the song that I wrote was a little bit of I think what I needed to hear in that moment, in that moment of doubt. Um, but it was also because I was listening to what I was hearing out there in the culture and what I was hearing out there amongst my fellow artists, especially independent artists, who were also doubting that what they had to say mattered and that their their music made a difference to people, especially in the pandemic where it felt to some of us, not all of us, but you know, to a lot of us, it felt like, holy moly, like my, one of my the ways i'm most powerful which is to show up in the flesh and move some cells you know like i don't i don't get to do that right now like how, how can i possibly make a difference just being another head on the internet um so you know 1 million hearts really came out of addressing that question
0: wow and just the the end result is really just something that that warms my heart. I adore this song, and I know, in the interests of like what you're supposed to do when a guest comes on your show. It's always like, Oh, can you play whatever your latest single is? But I just love (laughs) 1 million hearts so much that I'm hoping I can exercise a little host's privilege here and, uh, and see if we can get you to play that one instead. And, and I'll make a promise here, the audience, if you're listening, viewing this, go listen to money mantra as well. Go, go download that. It's a great song. It's fabulous. Uh, uh, Cassandra and Olivia K absolutely crush it, but right now on the podcast if we can hear uh one million hearts that would just make me so happy
1: <laughs>
2: i would be honored yeah. yeah money munch was all swag and all fun my people um yeah i, I mean i'd just like to dedicate this to any uh, creative people listening uh, and anybody who's got a dream or a business or you know something that they're really trying to put out into the world and um, you know, and maybe feeling a little doubtful about or a little stopped by. This is for you. I see you. You're trying to change, make a difference. Rearrange, but when you start to shift, you feel too ashamed, too estranged. So busy handing out blame or taking it. I feel you. It's no easy task, no small ask To let go of the comfortable fears that you know Take the risk to exist as yourself without faking it What does it take? How does it start? Reaching one million hearts and how in this world will you make your mark? When one million hearts they need you now. What you've got to give, and only you can. It's what you've learned and lived, and that's how it starts. Reaching one million hearts, hearts, hearts. One million hearts hearts. I feel you I've been there a few thousand times in the rise and the fall sure that I couldn't possibly matter at all but then why does this dream always reappear what does it take how does it start reaching one million hearts. And how in this world will you make your mark? When one million hearts, they need you now. What you've got to give, and only you can, it's what you've learned and lived. And that's how it starts, with one breath. One and one and on and on Till one day there's a million That's what it takes That's how it starts Yeah, one million hearts, they need you now What you've got to give and only you can It's what you've learned and lived And that's how it starts Healing your heart, heart Yeah, that's how it starts Reaching one million hearts, heart one million hearts, hearts, one million hearts, one million hearts. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. Cassandra Kabinsky, everybody can find out more about her work and just check out all of her amazing material by uh, checking out uh, Cassandra Kabinsky at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, CassandraKabinsky.com. Cassandra, that was transcendent. That was fabulous. Thank you, thank thank you, thank you so you. much for playing so that on the much. program.
2: My absolute pleasure.
0: Oh, my God. I love that. I just Oh, my oh, I can't believe it. All right. <laughs> Um, (laughs) before we let you go, Cassandra, as I compose myself here, um, and before we sign off on radio, one last question for you. Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward?
2: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, it's a big question, right? And, um, I mentor artists. I work with artists as sort of a, you know, a coach and a guide. I, I speak at conferences as you do, Ryan, and, you know. Right, don't we get asked this big fat giant question, like we're all gonna wrap up like all of the advice that you need in like one <laughs> one little tidbit. Um it's such
0: a not a fair question and yet I ask it every week.
2: I know, but but here's what I think is great about it is that, you know, each each creator, each leader, um, including each one of every one of you listening, um You know there there are so many lessons and and nuggets of wisdom that you have from your experience and so my my tip actually um what i always like to share is to develop a practice that helps you tune into what your truth is what your intuition is because the noise quote the talking heads quote are never going to go away there there are always going to be you know nine million books and articles and blogs and podcasts and gurus and experts and panelists and like whoever whoever who tells you like this is what it is this is how you have to do it if you're not doing this if you're not running ads if you're not spending money if you're not whatever whatever um it's no wonder that you know overwhelm and burnout and depression and you know like that these things can can grow so rampantly in ours and every other business. So my, seriously, I like really mean this, my biggest piece of advice to people is to actually detach from that physically, like phones off, like go for a walk in the woods um, and, and hold yourself accountable for creating your own practice that grounds you in what feels right to you. Cause like we cannot do everything and we cannot do everything all at once. So, you know, in the mounds of, suggestions and information that you're you're getting every day, having a practice that grounds you and puts you in a place where you can really listen into like, what feels right to me? Of these 10 options, if I were to, to do only one um, for my mental sanity as well as my bandwidth and my wallet, right? Like what's the one that actually feels right to me no matter what anybody else is saying is right? Uh, so that's my
0: piece of advice. Terrific. Cassandra, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Uh, Thanks to you as well, producer Lauren. And thanks to all of our viewers and listeners for checking out Break the Business. We'll see you next week.